Folks, here we are finally, 2021, the year we've all been waiting for. And the episode of the Barry Bullockow that we've all been waiting for. And by me, I mean uh, Callum, because it is episode 42, which um, is Callum's favorite number. Cal, you want to chime in here? Crickets. Oh, no, <laughs> that's right. Um, Callum is not here. Callum is in Tasmania. He was uh, meant to be here via the gift of Zoom. Um, but he is currently st- apparently lost in the national park. So um, uh, Callum's favorite number is 42, which is from Douglas Adams's uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The 42 represents, uh, I can't remember what it is, the universe Life, and everything. Or universe some shit and like, everything. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, that's his favorite number. He has a tattoo. Callum has a tattoo of the number 42 on his body. I didn't know that. And after um, seven years and 41 episodes, the time has come and he's lost in Tasmania. So there we go. It's just uh, <laughs> maybe it's, it'll bring him luck uh, uh, to, to find his way. Maybe and, we'll uh, call him. We'll call him and chastise him and see if we can get him, uh, get him in there. <laughs> but yes, this is episode 42. It's uh, I am here, obviously, Kieran Bullock um, and Eric, the Minnesota Thunder, Kelly Mocho O'Clock, Eric Cox. Um, yes, yes. 2021, Eric, as much as things change, they stay the same. Um, we are doing this by Zoom. Um, obviously, Callum's in Tasmania, so he was going to be Zooming in anyway. But um, we were going to get together. Um, but you've uh, you've picked up a little bit of a cold, which in the current climate could mean death. <laughs> it was definitely something that had me sweating. And uh, like, I don't know, my, my big outings over the recent break have been with you, uh, KB. Uh, we, we've hit the cricket, we've hit the golf course, both fairly well-spaced uh, events. and uh, Especially yeah. on the golf course. It has to say that we, we, we spend a lot of time apart on the golf course on account of neither of us being <laughs> very good at golf. <laughs> You're exactly right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know my habit of, of uh, putting my hands in my mouth wherever I go. I think it's caught up to me <laughs> now that I've started leaving the house again. And uh, the COVID test came back negative. So nice. I've, I've passed yeah. with flying colors there. But yeah, I think just being inside for the past 10 months, uh, my immune system has taken some time off. And now this run of the mill cold kind of knocked me on my ass. I quite almost traditionally get a cold when the weather starts to get warmer. So I don't know if that's just the cycle of immunity or whatever, but I don't get the colds in winter. It's always sort of November coming into December. So I've been on red alert. I've been eating honey, <laughs> honey every day. You got to get that honey in you because you know, if you get that sore throat, cause I always get a sore throat first. That's my first mm. symptom of a cold. Also a big symptom of the coronavirus. So yeah, I've been, uh, <laughs> I have been um, jamming down the honey and just crossing my fingers that I don't get any sort of sore throat, especially now that things are um, opening back up here in Melbourne. We have had some, uh, we have had some cases crop up over the yeah. Christmas New Year period, but fingers crossed, touch wood, that we uh, hopefully just have, have managed to nip that all in the bud. But yeah. After this, I'm going to uh, improv training for the first time in uh, probably nine months. And we do have a big hoo-ha show this Friday. So that's, oh, wow. that's very exciting. Um, hopefully we make it. That's the <laughs> 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 Hopefully we actually we get to it. Um, but you're right. This We have had um, we have had a few weeks of, of good times. We, we played golf. We, uh, 
We went to the cricket, which was very nice. Boxing Day test. We uh, absolutely day three. You and I were two of the thirty thousand people allowed at the cavernous MCG to watch what was arguably one of the dullest days of test cricket that I have seen for a long time. It was uh, <laughs> it was attritional stuff as India managed to make inroads into the Australian lineup, and then uh, a couple of bowlers for Australia donned the pads and the and the helmet and the gloves and. 30 runs behind, they said, we're just going to chip this off one run per over at a time. Boy, it was a tough time, but it was a good time. Yeah, it was great to get out. Yeah, uh, unseasonably cold. And to me, being a, a not a cricket knower, it, it didn't seem any more or less boring than a standard match. So <laughs> I, I, I like the context that you provide and that that was especially dull. So I can file that away as, as a yeah. benchmark. The context was... Um, Eric, you might think this is boring, <laughs> but this is why it's interesting. And I imagine, I think I probably said that line probably 50 times during that afternoon. <laughs> Test cricket, some, a, a sport that can be very much simultaneously thrilling and dull at exactly the same time. And that is how I would describe that last uh, session. Absolutely painstaking. Um, but I'll tell you what, when they, when, remember when they, they finally reached the parity score and Australia got over the hump on the last over to take a very small lead through a boundary of all things, which was very rare. Mm. I uh, legitimately lost my shit. In fact, because I was recording um, crowd sound effects, I do actually have my reaction <laughs> um, to, <laughs> to them hitting a four and reaching parity in that test match. Um, how excited the crowd got when um, <laughs> after, uh, after an hour or two of like a run rate of one and over, Suddenly, out of nowhere, Pat Cummins smashed one to the boundary to get Australia to parity, and um, yeah, it was it was like New Year's Day fireworks. New Year's Eve fireworks, the excitement in the crowd that something had finally fucking something, happened. Anything. I got way too excited. <laughs> A microcosm of test cricket right there was uh, an hour and a half of just absolute nothing punctuated by one moment of brief, joyous excitement. <laughs> Noticed you uh, you tucked uh, tucked away a pie, a four and 20 pie. Well, he, I, yeah. I've got it. I've got it. Um, you went down for, um, you you were thought, you thought uh, mid-afternoon snack, cricket's a bit quiet. You go down for a couple of hot dogs. You want a hot dog? Yeah, I'll have a hot dog. And you came back with two hot dogs and then in your pocket, a disgusting <laughs> four and 20 pie. <laughs> it was quite a cold day up in the stand. So it I was tucked cold. that in an inner, inner pocket of my jacket <laughs> to kind of warm up the warm up the bod. And then that just sat there for a few minutes while I worked through the hot dog, which will only take you 90 seconds or so. And it's a and, good four uh, or five bites and that thing's done. Yeah, exactly. So then I, yeah, it uh, segued nicely right into the pie and it, it, <laughs> it hits the spot every time. I don't oh, know. It goes man. well. Man. There's you can't have cricket without a pie. You can't have footy without a pie. Um, uh, you absolutely can. You absolutely can. <laughs> yeah. We will get the Barry Block pie crawl happening once we're allowed to go out, once everyone's back. Um, yeah, so Callum's lost in Tasmania. We don't know where Big Dog is. He is expecting his second child. So um maybe later on we'll give them we'll give them a call and see if we can uh We've been doing a lot of gruesome twosomes lately. You know, you and me, this, is, uh, this is the Cox versus Bullock round three. A clash one of the Titans, yeah. One of the many things that 2020 threw up that no one was expecting was you and me having to do th uh, three podcasts now by ourselves. The heavy lifting. Um, the heavy lifting, yeah. 
Well, we'll we'll get there at at some point. It's going to be the uh, the uh, Barry Cox hour. Uh, which, uh, oh, wait a minute, no, the, uh, uh, the Cox Bullock. We'll figure it out one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll cut them out of it. Cut them out of the name. <laughs> Maybe they can be they can be special guests uh, occasionally. <laughs> but uh, we'll have dialed this into a pie podcast so gradually that they'll be lost if they try to. Yeah, we're entering spin-off territory, aren't we? You and me just eating pies. <laughs> well, we are keeping up some that. of the old traditions. We are. I'm drinking a beer. I imagine that you're being being unwell. Are probably not drinking a beer. Is that I've, is that correct? I've eased off the last few days. Yeah, I've I've done. That's it. fair this enough. My, this is my first beer, I think, since uh, we're recording this. On what are you uh, What are you drinking there? This was in this striking yellow can, uh, yellow and black, looks like the side of a school bus, a <laughs> Rover, Henty Street Ale. Um, it was, what did we find this out to be? Oh, Hawkers. Hawkers, yeah. In, in yeah. yeah, exactly right. So uh, 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 best enjoyed fresh fruit in Australia. Sure enough, that aligns with what I know about most beers. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's it, as a first beer coming out of a sickness, today's like the first day my nose has started to open up and I can taste it. I'm getting hints of beer when I when I sip it. Uh, it's, it's not knocking me off off the couch. You're here. getting hints of beer. Oh, we, the, will, we will make a beer critic of you yet mr cox that There's is for a, sure a beery nose to it yeah um <laughs> beery nose well i'm actually drinking the uh, la seren praline um cacao hazelnut vanilla stout mm. um, which is from uh, la seren are in elfington so we're actually we've gone northeast for this uh, for this podcast for the beers um elfington not that far from ivanhoe where you and i did a little bit of cycling uh, 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 weeks back, <laughs> the old uh, Melbourne Roubaix, another yeah. event where um, all the people that we lined up to participate bailed at the last minute, um, including Senor McDonald. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we could have we could have hoofed it past La Serena and had a couple of beers. Exactly right. That was a good day out, and another was another a good instance day of a, a gruesome twosome. It was uh, I don't know. Ninety percent of podcasting is just showing up. 90% of <laughs> bike racing. It's just showing up. And right. uh, yeah, we had a nice time getting our asses pounded up in Ivanhoe, uh, hitting the cobbles. And it was, that was when that was the start. Ivanhoe was right at the beginning where we were relatively fresh. Um, it's um, fair to say the physical toll of doing the uh, the Melbourne Roubaix, cycling over all the cobblestones and all the hills, etc. Fair to say the physical toll of that is a, a bit harder than your stock standard podcast i uh, um, agreed agreed <laughs> we are we're, we're back to doing it by zoom and i'm and i'm in uh, melbourne back as we know so i'm sitting in my lovely office chair probably about as comfortable as you can get doing a podcast and you you're, look like you're fairly comfortable you're settled well. in. i'm on the couch here i got a nice pillow behind me the electric blanket below me not turned on but it's it's at the ready if if needed yeah and it's <laughs> we don't have switch. any we don't have any, you and I, I feel like we vibe very well, very, uh, we're on the same wavelength where we're getting rattled by the cobbles in the Melbourne Roubaix and you may in other podcasts be rattled by a, a, a jarring or controversial take from big dog or cow. <laughs> you and I, I think we're, it's pretty smooth sailing. The, the controversial takes from big dog, they don't come as thick and fast as they used to. That is actually the reason we started this podcast. Um, I don't know, Eric, if you've gone back and listened to uh, the first few episodes oh, the of the archives. Barry Bullock Hour, the 
the archives. But the reason that we started the podcast, this is a bit of a story that I think we have told, but um, we've, we've managed to pick up a few new listeners uh, lately. So welcome to you. If you haven't gone all the way back to the, uh, the first episodes, highly recommend them. Um, episodes three, four, and five are all really, really quite good fun. Um, the origin of the podcast was that Big Dog and I and my uh, my very good mate back in New Zealand, Mikey T, who lived here for um, a year or so, we were at a pub in we're at the Rainbow Hotel, I think, in in, uh, in Fitzroy. There, just off Brunswick Street. And um, Mikey T was telling a story about how after a boozy night out, he he went to not one but two separate McDonald's. On the walk home, mm, mm. and that that absolutely outraged Big Dog. He was absolutely <laughs> outraged by that, creating the very famous line: "You do not double up under any circumstances." Um, that's an absolute cracker. Maybe in the spirit of maybe we we'll have like a should we have flashback Friday? <laughs> flashback Friday in the podcast. We'll have some gems from the archive, and we revisit them. And we, as as we've all grown and developed as individuals, so we can we can revisit the hot topics. I mean, we don't want to, don't want this to become a clip show, but um, <laughs> yeah, there, there is that. I was in New Zealand recently, as I'm sure we're all aware, and um, hanging out with Mikey T and. Um, he confessed to me the, the story of that night is that he went to McDonald's twice um, on the way home to our house in mm-hmm. Carlton. But he confessed to me very recently. Um, and if Mike is listening, just be aware that some big dog fury might be coming your way. Mike confessed to me uh, that he it wasn't actually a double up. It was a triple up. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey T told me that he went to the, I think it was the McDonald's, first the McDonald's on Elizabeth Street, and then he got to the uh, McDonald's on Lonsdale Street and had another dip, (laughs) had another crack, and then walked another block up to Melbourne Central. See, I don't know if it was ever, I don't know how long, if you remember this, Eric, but there used to be a Hungry Jack's opposite um, Melbourne Central where the, the tunnel's now been built. There used to be a Hungry Jacks, quite a famous Hungry Jacks on that corner. So Mikey T also went to the Hungry Jacks on the corner and had a, a third dip, <laughs> a third wave, if you'll excuse the uh, the topical COVID pun. So the whole basis of this podcast is, is based on Big Dog ranting that you do not double up under any circumstances. <laughs> and the reality is here we are a decade later and we can reveal that it was actually a triple up. He's he's gonna have steam coming out of his ears hearing that, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll hear about it next episode. Maybe we'll oh, maybe we'll try calling him and, and get his. No, actually, no. It'll be it'll be good if he just tunes into this episode and hears it. Um, so there we go, big dog. If you are listening to this, as I expect you will do at some point, um, there's a little scoop for you. Mikey T did not double up that infamous night. He tripled up. So you're saying, so you're saying I can't have a foot long chicken schnitzel with uh, Southwest sauce and cheese, and then stop via the Hungry Jacks and have a, a whopper or something. Because I'm not going to lie to you, I have done that. I did that once, and I didn't tell you about it because I knew you go fucking mental. So you've double dipped. Yeah, I have. I've, I've double dipped, and I doubled it with Subway, and that was. Uh, it was a big sandwich, but for some reason, I just I wasn't satisfied. Well, look, I mean... There was not enough sauce, the salad was lacking. I was just like, poor form sandwich artist. If I was you in that situation, I would be disgusted at myself. <laughs> I'd just think, what a lack of discipline. 
What a lack of self-control. I was hungry. Where do you where do you stand on that, Eric? What do you what's your theory I, on because uh, we were we were staggered that he was so outraged by the doubling up. I, I come down on your side and I think as an American I ha- I have even uh, softer views on on fast food. Uh, and I myself <laughs> have 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 uh, uh, dipped my toes into into multiple uh, uh, pools of, of, <laughs> of speaking of fast food uh, around Melbourne because there are so many side by sides in that America is such a uh, uh, car culture. So you drive and there's McDonald's and you drive and maybe within two, three, four, five minutes, there's a Burger King, there's a Hunger Jacks. Yeah. But in Melvin, they're side by side. Like it's it's head to head. There's a Hungry Jacks and truly one to two storefronts over. There's a McDonald's or a Red Rooster or this or that. And um, seeing them side by side always blew my mind when I came down here. And there have been two separate instances now where I'll say, well, I'm going to try a Big Mac from McDonald's. I'm going to walk to the next storefront. I'm going to get a Whopper uh, from Hungry Jack's. I'm going to try them side by side just for a laugh. And uh, <laughs> it's 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 always been an outstanding experience because you get, you, you're going to find the best burger uh, between those two. And uh, no, I, I, I think if you're in the mood, if you got space, you can stop at every mcdonald's in the city which has just given me idea for uh, uh a day out interesting that you um it's funny how when you and i talk we always seem to end up talking about food what is that why does that always seem to happen we're foodies my favorite burger in melbourne is uh rocket burger which is the mm-hmm. burger store opposite flinders street station on elizabeth street i uh Either the the classic burger, which is just the one patty, or sometimes if I'm feeling like a, a proper fat guts, I go for what they controversially call the man burger, man which burger. I'm kind of surprised that they would even be allowed to call it that. But anyway, <laughs> you kind of feel like all it takes is one angry feminist to see the well, man burger and just be like... Women can be hungry too, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd choice for something that's literally in the middle of, of Melbourne. Uh, CBD, a very progressive town. But anyway, the man burger is uh, is, is two patties and bacon, um, and that's that is a hearty, hearty, hearty bite. Mm. Um, but the chips at Rocket Burger are just okay. They do a mm. they do a chips and drink deal, but the chips are just okay. A couple of blocks up, there is the uh, Footscray famous burger joint. Um, they have an outpost in the city, Eight Bit. Do you know Eight Bit? Oh, I do know Eight Bit. Yeah, lovely, yeah. lovely burger. Eight Bit. Yeah, their burgers are they're not as good, but you know what I love from Eight Bit? The chili the cheese ch- fries. Oh, baby. Oh, the chili cheese fries are <laughs> a sight to behold. And I've kind of thought if I was ever going to do like the ultimate guts meal, would be the chili cheese fries from Eight Bit. And then the man burger from Rocket Burger. Oh man, all sorts of delicious, all sorts of artery clogging bad. It's good. New year, new you. Make that dream a reality. Uh, and I no, will. But- <laughs> The problem is, Eric, if I eat that, it'll be the old me. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> the old me, but slightly fatter, if that can even be possible. Well, we're talking about burgers, and I'm I'm safely thousands of miles away from Minneapolis, where I would be uh, tarred and feathered for this, this opinion. But uh, Minneapolis, my hometown, has a burger variant that it holds very close to a tart. It's supposed to be invented there. It's the thing that happens when... Uh, when an outsider comes to visit Minneapolis, you take him to one or two key places and you say, try this. Obama had one of these when he visited Minneapolis. It's called the Juicy Lucy. Have we talked about this? We have not. 
the juicy loose that I'm intrigued is a burger patty with cheese inside the patty. Uh, instead of you, if you've had a cheeseburger patty with cheese, yeah, yeah. Slice, cheese slice on top, standard, the juicy Lucy has the cheese in the middle. Okay. And you got to say, Oh yeah, you got to try the juicy Lucy. It's, it's our thing here. And growing up there and eating it and taking people there, I, I was part of all that business, but I think it's just a bad concept. <laughs> it doesn't taste nice uh you really just get like lava molten hot cheese in the middle of your burger it's yeah. gonna shoot out the front when you bite it it's gonna shoot out the back it's gonna end up on your lap most of it just ends up in like a, a greasy cheese soup on your plate and uh uh that's that is one that i am happy to mm. uh to leave in the in the states in my past in my past yeah life. i'm with you there, there, there's the novelty the novelty outweighs the taste benefit. There's not even a taste benefit of stuffing your burger with cheese. It's, it's, it's not like that would be the only way to get cheese into a burger. Um, you should just put it on top. Get a little bit of yeah. No, I'm with you there. <laughs> America's very big on its um, you know hometown classics, a tw- hometown twist on a favorite. You know, this is the thing. I would definitely have one if I went to Minnesota, Minneapolis. Oh. I would have oh, one, yeah. and I would be like, yeah, I've had one. But and um, I take you there. I take you to Matt's Bar, the supposed uh, origin. Uh, here's here's one for you, Eric. Mm. Whilst we're uh, whilst we're talking food, I mean the, the name for this episode is already writing itself, which is an, <laughs> an audio an audio culinary tour of part two, um, based <laughs> off our earlier excursion. But um, talking about local delicacies, have you had poutine? Yeah. Oh yeah. The Canadian French fry cheese curd gravy combo. It's a you know, being uh, my hometown, being geographically relatively close. close to Canada. Yeah, we 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 got a little. Someone snuck that across the border, and we tried it out. It's not a standard thing, and to me, as an American, even a Canadian, a, a Canada adjacent American, uh, it's it's very much a Canadian delicacy, a treat. You wouldn't see it where I grew up, and if I see it on any menu, I think, oh, Canadian influences. Because chips and gravy here, mm. that's a thing. And mm-hmm. chips, cheese, and gravy is kind of a thing anyway. I went to Canada. I went to Montreal, which is French Canada. And like, I went, I went, there's a place that's like the home of poutine. You got to go and get the uh-huh. poutine from there. I'm like, well, you know, I got to do it. I got to do the thing. And so I went to this place and I got the poutine. And I have to say, not a fan. Really? Was oh, my not a goodness. fan of it. Because, and I, I'm led to believe that this is traditional. And if that's true, that's disgraceful. Uh-oh. Is that the chips are kind of like, they're kind of soft and floppy and like brown. They're not crispy. They're not really. Yellow. I don't know. Maybe I haven't had, when I think of poutine, I think of crispier chips, firm chips. No. So, but My understanding is that me. the traditional poutine, they're like once cooked and they kind of just, they're kind of like brown and slimy and a bit gross. And I was like, this is not the, uh, the mouth orgasm I was expecting it to be. <laughs> um, if it's coming out of Montreal, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past those Quebecers to, to screw up something like a chip. Uh, <laughs> but I, I hate to hear that. And I, I guess I can't say that I've tried that variant. So maybe I don't have a valid opinion yet of poutine something to put to you that i've seen uh walking around in richmond here richmond i, I live uh, kind of sandwiched between the station and the river lots Cremorne. of bridges Cremorne, yeah the beautiful the pocket of of richmond the armpit of 
all that's happening in Melvin, but being so close to the river, being so close to the train line, which is elevated through here. I spent a lot of time uh, under, under bridges and this is prime, prime advertising spot. So I want to, I want to put something to you that I've seen on one of my recent trips under a bridge and give you some hypotheticals, get that mind working. So drink your beer. Yep. The cogs turning. The beer is very nice, by the way. The, uh, the last Saran hazelnut stout, very tasty. Okay, well, yeah, we'll see if it if it it plays out in in uh, quality of connections and ideas. This is a bit of free association. Okay, there was a big ad campaign under the Swan Street Bridge. Uh, all the different like paste ups were of brand tie-in, a brand tie-in that was very dear to my heart. Uh, VB, oh Jesus, very bitter, tied in with uh, Volley sneakers. They were VB branded volleys, the classic, the classic volley. You got your toe cap and stuff. It had kind of green piping. And on the side, like if you can imagine the classic Chuck Taylor converse on the side, it's got a VB badge. And I thought seeing this, ah, that might be the most apt tie-in I've ever seen in terms of like shoe to beer. I think that's one-to-one. I think they found their pairing A VB is like a volley kind of low end. Your feet are going to hurt if you're wearing volleys all day. You're not going to feel the best if you're cranking on BBs all day, but a <laughs> BB branded volley hit the spot. Would I wear them? No. Did I think it was correct? Yes. So you're drinking a bit of a fancier beer. So That's right. if you were to liken that, the word you're looking shoe, for is, is tastier, Eric. A tastier fancy, beer. <laughs> a more complex beer, I'll say. Uh, yeah. So you're, you've, you've got different notes, you've got different angles there align those characteristics with a piece of footwear for me if a vb is a volley sneaker what is your uh what is your beer well just to remind everyone i'm drinking the last seren cacao hazelnut and vanilla stout very festive rich chocolatey stout beer um i feel like you're leaning into a uh sort of a a semi a semi leather boot I'm thinking a dark brown too. leather boot. Dark brown. It's robust, it's... strong, heavy, <laughs> workmanlike, but with a little bit of class. Like maybe, maybe like a like an Ariam Williams, which is kind of like it's classy, but it's also mm. it's for the people. Um, yeah, that's probably what I go for. You know, stouts are, stouts are hearty. They're rich. There's the obvious color. I feel like a dark sort of a dark chestnut, a dark brown leather. Um, Something you're not going to wear every day. You can wear it out to a fancy place. You can kick <laughs> it around the house. That's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. I'll yeah. give you that. that, a, ro- that one, a robust boot. That one seems to align. Uh, yeah. Like your lagers oh. are kind of like a, uh, like a cheap sneaker, mm. like a mass produced. I'm trying to think of like ch- cheap sneaker brands, not your Adidas or your Nikes, but like the I, I, a lager is your kind of sneaker that you can go down to shoesdirect.com <laughs> and pick up a pair of cheap sneakers for like 30 bucks. That's your lager. Exactly. Yeah. Give me a, I'll, I'll give you a beer and you give me the shoe that comes to mind. Uh, how about a uh, uh, Carlton draft? Carlton draft. That's like a, uh, they're like that's like a like a van's slip-on. Okay, that's correct. I'll yeah. say that's correct. Uh, how, how <laughs> I like a, that. The, I like that there are right answers apparently for this. <laughs> how, about a, how about a Guinness? Oh, a Guinness. A Guinness is like a yeah. It's like that's like a black boot. It's like a heavy black boot. That's like yeah. a that's like a policeman's boot. Mm. Yeah. How about a uh, one of those a nice wheat beer? 
A wheat beer. A wheat beer is sort of um I'd say a wheat beer is like a uh like a light timberland. You know, ah. that's sort of like fake fake trendy boot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe not uh, the full timberlands, like the full heavy ones, but like a lighter version, a lighter timberland is what I'm going for there. Here's so let's go for a low end craft beer. How about how about uh, some of the stock standard a uh, a moon dog beer can? Moon dog beer can. I'd say that's a um, that's a strong pair of jandals. <laughs> Summery, you know, not too expensive, gets the job done. I, I'd say you're right on that one. Yeah. Okay. Jandals, as us New Zealanders call them, or blah, 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 whatever Australians call well, them. Uh, yeah, they, they, well, Something thinking, wrong and offensive, probably. Are those are those thongs? Is that uh, are they uh, I thongs? get confused. Is that a G-string? Oh, well, yeah, exactly. To my American mind as well. Jandals to thongs to flip-flops. Flip-flops. Yeah, yeah, I think we can. Yeah. Flip-flops is a very simple-minded name. Well, they flip and they flop. Let's call them flip flops. <laughs> exactly, an onomatopoetic name, I'd say. Uh, but they uh, were the New Zealanders invented them, and they were modelled after Japanese sandals, and we called them jandals. So we can't talk. Mm. Um, we can't talk about the single-minded naming of them, I, but we can claim to have invented them. That, that's didn't know just, that history there. I like it. Along with the pavlova, whilst we're, if we're just going to wage war in Australia, we might as well just <laughs> get it all out there, and even the lamington, I believe. But um, mm. you know. That's, that's 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 all fine so we've recently come through new year's eve happy new year to you and to you and to everyone this struck me as something that i'd always seek out in america on new year's eve uh miller high life i haven't found it down here are you familiar with the concept i am familiar with the concept miller high life it's it's one of the miller family kind of a, an easy drinking classic beer uh it's branding is miller high life the champagne of beers and so new year's eve you think oh champagne so i go out and i track down a miller high life and i drink that and i thought okay uh champagne of beers having not found it down here what would you lay the title of champagne of beers on in terms of what does that mean what does that does that because champagne champagne traditional french champagne (laughs) as in champagne that is legally allowed to be called champagne which is sparkling wine from the Champagne region mm. of France, is considered to be the top of the tree. It is the mm. best of the best um, within Miller that High region, life within is the world. Is, is very the, much not the best of the best. <laughs> so is, but is, that, is that what they're trying to say, that we're as good as, or is it more like we're a celebration beverage? I would say it comes down more of, uh, how to put it, posturing or framing or or selling selling a low-end beer with a little bit of luxury attached to it uh it's just as cheap just as not that tasty as any of the other miller range but this one is the champagne okay i get what you're saying it's this marketing spin to maybe make Mm. a lower grade item seem maybe slightly more attractive than it is in that case i I do have one i think it's quite clearly crown lager crown lager is is a an abysmal beverage very much in the vein of Carlton draft and BB and Melbourne bitter was, was drunk and tested in our Australia's worst beer competition. <laughs> um, and now I'm going to drop in a sample. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't, I can't remember where crown lager came, but yeah, it's, it's, it's bland mass produced crap, but it is certainly marketed as a premium beer. 
I you know, it's comes like in a it. fancy bottle. It's crown. Whoa, it's a crown. Kings and queens wear it because it's so fancy. <laughs> it's gold label. It's like all the cheap, simple, one-dimensional marketing tricks. Gold color, fancy bottle, crown, tight to royalty. It's all there. And it's yeah, it's just a shit beer. But um, that would be my my suggestion for the champagne of beer in Australia. Is, it's a beer, beer that is really trying to just market itself beyond its uh, capabilities. Uh, I like a that. Beer, a, a, beer <laughs> that is, a beer that is writing checks that it can't cash is, is, is Crown Lager. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head there. In all my years in Australia and all my love of low-end beers, I've never tried a Crown Lager. So it's it's moved to the top of my list here. Speaking of beers to try, oh. I've got a fresh edition of new brew news you can use. Volume and three. Volume three. Maybe we'll tie them to shoes. Uh, <laughs> I've got three beers here that I'd like to right. hit you. I'm going to give you the name, a brief rundown, and just give me your initial impressions on them. Sure. Number one, uh, Willie the Boatman, Rise and Shine. It is an oat cream breakfast ipa mm. rolled oats honey some fruit in there apricot peach mango passion fruit guava a breakfast ipa breakfast beer yeah oat cream ipas are an interesting style they're they're another one of these absolutely just made up out of nowhere styles <laughs> they're basically a hazy ipa hazy ipas often use oats to get the haze all the sort of added stuff you think of like a bag of oats when you're making porridge or a Oatmeal. Oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> As you might call it. Um, there's, you think about like the, the oats in those boxes are sort of, there's always a residual starch. So, so oats are used in the brewing of hazy IPAs. And my understanding of oat cream um, IPAs is that there's, they're just more oats and more hazy sort of mm. oatiness. And, and that makes them a good base for fruit flavors as our hazy IPA. So, so my instinct of that is, is yeah, that would be, no, I would try that. That would be tasty. It won't really taste like beer. Mm. It's one of those styles that it is beer sort of by association of the ingredients in the, in the brewing process. But to most people that would try it, you'd be like, this isn't really beer, is it? Mm. Um, but yeah, oat cream, a great base for fruit flavors. Uh, that's a win for me. That's a thumbs up. I'm going to give it a thumbs up too. It definitely turns me on. And if I can find it for uh, in, in one of the shops here, I would try it for breakfast. I think <laughs> now that I, having, having read that a bowl of cereal into a pint sounds really nice. Cause we've had some good creamy ones, some ice cream, IPAs, a lactose, have a good yeah. lactose creaminess. If you can get some odiness, some, some of the cereals, the graininess of cereal in there, you get a nice head of foam on top and it gets that nice milkiness. I'm there. That's a yep, thumbs. I'm with you. That's a winner. Next one, Dayton. Maybe Dayton. you're across this one as uh, the big time shareholder, the majority hey. shareholder of Dayton, I hear. Almost. Uh, this is the Dayton Brewing Flamingo Pink right. Lemonade Sour. Whew. I mean, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> yep, I like sours. I like a little bit of raspberry, a little, little lemon, a little bit of sour. Yep, no, big fan of that. Big fan of that. That's a big win, too. And it's a shame that we're recording this. on. We've got a cool gray patch of summer here because I can imagine nothing better than sitting down by the river, sipping a pink mm. lemonade sour. And I love myself a shandy. I love myself a sour pink lemonade. It's yeah, scratching you're, all the You're itches. big on the sours, yeah. That's yeah. Right. So, yeah, no, big thumbs up there. The final one, the mm. final one, uh, Stomping Ground, uh, making an appearance here. Stomping Ground, Watermelon, 
cucumber, and mint smash. Watermelon, mm. cucumber, and mint smash. It's also a sour, actually. Yeah, my my, I'm a I'm a I'm a that. Mm. Now the audience can't see, um, but I am holding my thumb at a ninety degree angle, neither up nor down. Um, I'm not a fan of watermelon, generally speaking, or cucumber. Mm. Or mm. I mean, mince is fine. Mince, mince. Um, those flavors on their own is a no, but I tend to find that once you once you make a beer sour, you tend to lose. You often lose a lot of the flavor of the thing that you're souring. Mm. So I would try that. I wouldn't order a pint of it. I would probably try it off the tap first. But mm. um, stomping ground usually do some pretty good. That, I assume that's a variant of their usual watermelon smash. Mm. Um, so I imagine I imagine that would be okay. I, I would certainly, I'd be open to it. You've approached it with much more of an open mind than, <laughs> than I was thinking of. But cucumber, like I'm thinking cucumber water, like people that put slices of cucumber in there, slices of cucumber in a gin and tonic, it just, it, it kills yeah, me. So this no, one, I hate cucumber. watermelon, cucumber, and mint, that one goes Cucumber can fuck right off. <laughs> so hang on. So we worked out that we're a melon-free podcast. Are we also a cucumber-free podcast? There's there's very, very specific applications of cucumber that I can get behind, like a, like a a shrimp po'boy sandwich you got to have a nice slice of cucumber on Do there you? thin and long i'd say but still it's got to be on there right beyond that i cannot think of a pickles, single thing but i don't oh, consider pickles to be cucumbers anymore. i love they're not a good pickle they're not cucumbers at that point they are pickles. they're pickles they're their own their own vibe yeah no they're, cucumbers can fuck right off right off no melon no cucumber yes pies uh, uh <laughs> we're we're making the shift Food yeah, podcast, a, a, a dietary con- <laughs> concerning. We've got concerning dietary uh, preferences there. If you just look specifically at what we're, we're putting out there, well, we've identified our food bones and our food spatulas. I mean, we haven't identified food spatulas, but that's that's a rich a rich ground that we can get into uh, <laughs> at some point. Um, On this, we've stopped being a serious financial podcast. We've started being a a, a food and <laughs> beverage podcast. I've got a bone to pick, Eric. Oh. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be—I don't know if it's going to be controversial. It'll certainly be unusual. I've got a bone to pick with fake tan. Fake tan. Okay, okay. I'll hear you out. Tan, Eric. As you say, it's it's the fifth of January. It's a it's a cool, overcast day. That's just Melbourne for you. It could be Hmm. forty-five degrees. It could be fifteen. You just don't know. Summer doesn't really arrive in Melbourne until sort of January. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. I was I was out and about in the city the other day, and and I saw this attractive lass, not <laughs> wearing all, not wearing all that much, bright orange. Ay ay ay. We talk about cucumbers and watermelons. This one was a carrot. Oh my god! And it's just I don't know. Like you think about all the amazing things, advances in technology. We're at this. I thought we talked about this the other day. We're in this. We're in this uh, cycle of technology in the world now, where there aren't really any exciting innovations. So at, we're at a cycle where everyone is trying to re-innovate, mm. reinvent existing technologies. You know, almost everything's being reinvented. We've got robotic vacuum cleaners, Roombas. Exactly you know, right. we've got touch screens everywhere. We've got little cylinders that we can put on our kitchen top that can tell us recipes and connect mm. to Google and, and this and that, you know, we've got these, we've got phones that can do pretty much literally anything. 
you know, we've got all these amazing technologies. And we, we were playing golf the other day and we saw a guy with a remote control oh, okay. golf buggy. <laughs> remote control golf buggy. And you said, I got to have one of those. And I said, you know, that's, <laughs> that's just one of those useless technologies that a company's gone, hey, what if we, um, what if we took golf bags and we put it on a remote control wheel? Mm. Like that's no one needs that, no but you know, that. someone wants it. <laughs> Everything in our world right now, all of our existing technologies and ideas are up for innovation and reinvention. And then you come to fake tan. Mm. There's a reason that we haven't come up with a better name for it. There's a reason that we don't call it artificial sun or like <laughs> orange express. Like there's a reason that we still call it fake tan mm. because it is what it is. It's absolutely fake. It doesn't look real. It smells disgusting. <laughs> and it's just like, who are you, just, fooling? Who are you fooling? Yeah. yeah. Like you see you see these girls, most of the girls walking around in the start of November, bright orange. You're like, well, you haven't been to Tahiti for a week or two. You've been down the Russell Street to the the uh, the Ross Geller tanning studio. <laughs> yeah, I just think like, have you, Eric? Have you ever? And if this is if this is too intimate a detail, but have you ever, <laughs> you know, have you ever uh, maybe maybe kissed a girl that's had fake tan? It's disgusting. <laughs> you can taste it. <laughs> It's just, it's uh, everything about it to me is bad. And so like, I, I can't see why people do it. Um, it's not a pleasure I've had. No, it's, no. it's, it's not the type I go for. And it's not the type that goes for me, but now you've, no. you've got me intrigued that I will imagine that I can imagine it. It, 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 it seems like such a jarring chemical uh, color that the, the taste would be just as, just as shocking oh it's horrific i remember my sister very very a few years ago she when when i think i was in my late teens and she was in her early teens she bought a bottle of like fake tan in a tube mm. and was like mucking around with it and i put a little dab of it on the back of my hand and rubbed it in just curious to see what it did and yeah it went bright orange and it stunk for a week <laughs> And that was just a small patch on the back of my hand. These are people that get it over their whole bodies. I just think, yeah, I don't know, maybe we're just maybe we're just getting old before our time. But you know, what? a little bit of a little bit of makeup, a little bit, you know, you catch a little bit of sun, a little bit of sunscreen, and you know, just some some nice <laughs> nice clothes. Don't let's not muck around with the formula too much. These what? girls that get sprayed to look like pumpkins. It's just it's awful. It's just an awful look. Well, it's, even it's even a waste taking- of time taking this out of the realm of of uh old guys talking about young women's bodies like that's have, true have you, have you seen a it dangerous a, gamble any any uh any world leaders come to mind with laughably <laughs> laughably out of whack colors yeah uh, how idiotic does he look like he looks insane insanity he's because he uh, only does it on his face he doesn't do it on yeah. his neck you get these weird gusts of wind that will lift up or move his hair. And it's, it's, it's like, he just like stuck his head into a a pipe that was shooting this orange gas out. And so he's got a perfect circle around his face uh, and back by his, uh, his hairline, by his ears, he's, He's back to normal pale skin, and, and yeah, we're, uh, we're, we are a, we are supposedly a Trump-free zone on this podcast, but that is the, his fake tanned face is one of the many many things 
that turn that man into some sort of pantomime <laughs> villain. He's just Whoever like, you are. oh, he's gruesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> whoever you are. Uh, Big Dan is the wrong way to go. It's uh, like people just, you know, they've, they've made an extra batch of pumpkin soup and they're like, oh, do you know what I'll do? I'll just pour it all over my body and rub it in. <laughs> get some of that carotene right in there it's uh oh it's a horrific look don't waste your time and money on it just you know especially in a in a country of such ample and beautiful sun that <laughs> yeah. uh you don't you don't maybe have to not in melbourne but yeah the yeah, rest of the oh, yeah that's true yeah, you don't yeah. have to if if i was given the choice between a hundred bucks in the uh in a spray tan booth uh or putting that hundred dollars towards an airfare to uh cans or someplace with uh with a guaranteed sun i think your money would be better spent going and getting a natural tan yeah look people are going to waste their money and that's just this par for the course but uh <laughs> every time i see someone that's bright orange and glowing it's just oh man you're not you're not fooling anyone and isn't that kind of the point isn't that kind of the point <laughs> it's the like, toupee of, you know, uh, yeah it's the toupee it's you know it's why we, we buy and wear nice clothes to make to enhance you know, our good features and detract from our bad features. And, you know, this is the reason why we, you know, we try and make ourselves presentable and attractive to the world. Made, yeah. Why on earth would you, you know, walk around looking like an orange popsicle? I just don't, I just, <laughs> you're getting attention, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you, you got something there with that spoon. <laughs> All right. Well, that we have come to the end of Barry Book Hour Forty Two. We've talked Another about uh, the wide earth, ranging the Earth, the universe, and everything. Is that what it is? is that what it's supposed to? Yeah. Be? Oh, exactly. Life, the universe, and everything. There we go. And, and I think we've hit on all of them. Spray tans and pies. Um, oh, just, yeah. and just adding that into the mix. <laughs> I mean, the universe and everything that that includes spray tan and pies. So. Yeah, that I, I, it's, that's correct. Well, it's been an absolute ripper. Um, Enjoy. We will be back next month or the end of this month, probably with another episode. Hopefully we'll get some bodies around the table. We'll get some blindfolds on and uh, we'll, we'll try and get back to the Barry Bullock hour the way it used to be. Um, <laughs> we keep saying every time we zoom that this will be the last zoom, but who the hell knows? It's uh, who knows? 2021. We've got, a, we've got 11 and a half months of who knows what coming up. So uh, <laughs> be prepared for anything. All right, Cox. It's been good times. It's been a joy.